Welcome to the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I talk about how I became a horse girl as a child and why I've returned to being a horse girl as an adult. I discuss what I've learned about why many of us are horse girls, what that inexplicable heart and soul-based force is that draws us to horses like moths to a flame, how I've learned that our relationships with horses can be an opportunity for us as horse girls to empower ourselves at our deepest inner self levels, and how by doing so, we can feel more empowered in all aspects of our lives, including in our riding and our relationships with horses. In this show, I'll share personal stories of my journey to date and how I continue to practice doing this day to day in my relationship with my current horses. I'll also periodically interview other women about how they're empowering themselves as horse girls as well. So join me as we go on this journey of empowering our horse girl selves together. Welcome to the first episode of the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. I'm Michelle Waldo, your host. In today's first episode, I wanted to talk about this podcast, what I mean by writing from the inside out, what I mean by empowering our horse girl selves. I want to talk about my journey a bit um, so you have some background information on me. And I also want to talk about some false starts that I had previously with starting um, an earlier version this year of this podcast with a different subtitle and some YouTube channel videos that I had originally launched under the Writing from the Inside Out name, uh, both of which uh, the video stuff and the first podcast have now been deleted. But what I the reason for that is, let me just tell you a little bit about my story and then I'll dig more into it, is that I grew up um, with a non-horse family that got into horses. My older sister got into horses when I was really young, about four or five, and um, in, into pony, into having a pony, not even her own pony, borrowing a neighbor's pony and and kind of getting the pony horse bug through that and then I kind of came along for the ride and um initially and then it's like I don't know it's like the lights went off and nothing in my life made sense except for ponies and horses and I became obsessed, um, you know, just obsessed and obsessed with 
all things horses and ponies. So I was like the kid that, you know, read every, we didn't have the internet back then. Um, so, you know, read every book in our library, our small, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania. So our small county library, read every book like three times, you know, basically anything I could get my hands on that was horse related or pony related, that was just what I did. And, um, and I eventually, uh, my sister was riding this pony that belonged to a neighbor. I'll go into this story more at some point. Uh, but then I had an opportunity to start riding, uh, around five or eight, around age five or six. And then I started, um, a journey of getting a pony and then, uh, having that pony not work out and then getting um, access to another pony and then horses and, and basically horses and ponies were my world from that young age until um, until my last year in, co- in high school. And then I had to quit to go to college. And um, it it was a, it was a a need to quit because my family didn't have the finances for me to continue riding and go to college. My parents had a business and it was really financially struggling and I needed to um, save every cent that I could from getting a job and you know horses and ponies are expensive and horse showing is expensive and that's what I'd been doing and um, so I I basically, you know, stopped riding completely and went to college. And then there were periods in college where I just kind of, you know, had that horse bug still in me. And I found myself, you know, taking lessons here or there just to be able to get on a horse at the in this in the city where I was going to college, which was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the United States, which was about four hours from where I grew up, in the central part of Pennsylvania, and um, you know I did that and having opportunities to just exercise people's horses, they just kind of came up. Having an opportunity to ride in Rome, Italy after college. Um, and then after college again, actually in college, also having a, an amazing opportunity to first start taking lessons and then work for um, a Grand Prix show jumper that had just opened her barn and schooling her horses. Um, and I've done various disciplines. So I'm just kind of giving you the high level overview. Um, I started initially just doing fun and games, Western and 4-H, and then I got more serious into Western pleasure and equitation. And then I moved into um, English, which was um, hunters and equitation, uh, eventually going on to be very serious riding on first the local horse show circuit. Um, and then the more A-rated shows um, circuit in Pennsylvania, which was a pretty competitive market. Lots of, lots of horses, lots of riders, lots of competition, big classes, that sort of thing. So, um, I explain this, and I can go into this more in in detail, but I explain this because 
I had this draw to ponies and horses and it was not one because my neighbors got into it or because you know my parents were into it and it was expected of me or because it was like seen as something you know to impress the neighbors or whatever it wasn't that as a matter of fact it was the draw that I had to horses and ponies and my sister had you know was was a real challenge for my family um, financially we didn't have the resources to be able to you know pursue this kind of a passion and yet it was a passion and it seemed to be the only thing that really kind of worked for me as a child. I remember my mom saying, you know, like you tried ballet and you tried gymnastics and you tried this and, you know, brownies and you tried that. And and thank God when you really got into the horses, when you really got into ponies and horses because you finally kind of settled down and found something. If you're listening to this podcast, this particular one, I'm guessing that you feel and have felt some kind of inexplicable um, draw to horses and ponies, which I will just refer to as horses moving forward. But for me, it started with ponies because I was little um, and, and, you know, but under the same category, even though there are differences between ponies and horse personalities, I will just call them horses under that larger umbrella but there is a draw to them it is a heart and a soul based draw and it is something that um, then whichever disciplines we branch into you know whether we're just into trail riding or whether we're um, into endurance riding or whether we're into you know hunter jumpers or whether we're into eventing whether we're into dressage whether we're into you know western disciplines like barrel racing and and um raining and you know um or or i live in montana now so you know you're into kind of more ranching stuff you know cow cow stuff and 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 all of that um which is kind of a world i don't know that much about but if you have that heart connection with a horse, that soul, I really believe it is a soul connection with a horse. It is that foundation upon which any of your exploration with your horses come. And that's what I'm really speaking about in this podcast. Um, When you feel that, when you have that, I don't feel like it is, it's almost like it's not optional. It's not something you choose. I mean, it was really hard being able to be a a girl that loved ponies and horses as a kid, given my financial situation of my parents' business, which basically started really, um, initially was successful and then started really being challenged, which meant that everything that I did with horses and ponies was challenging. Everything, especially the more serious I got with showing and, 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 um, training and, and lessons and all of that. Um, it, it, it was not an easy road at all, but that connection, that spark that thing that seemingly inexplicable thing was always there within me 
and I didn't understand it, but all I knew is it's all I could do. And like I said, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing you probably feel that way, either in the past and you've kind of been wondering about getting back into writing or maybe you recently have or you've continuously been doing something with the horses and it doesn't even have to be riding. I'm just talking about the connection with horses um, that can happen. That is so much a part of what I'm going to be talking about in this podcast because what what I've discovered so what happened to me is I I you know had these moments in in college and after college of riding again and then I went like mm, I think almost like 10 years without riding at all and then um and then I got back into riding again uh, around age 30 uh, riding for really uh, a series of pretty high-end um, hunter jumper barns in the San Francisco Bay Area of California where I was living. So in Silicon Valley where everything is really expensive. Um, and I got back into riding and, you know, I had a career then and I had um, different resources. And I got back into riding and jumping and I even leased a horse. Um, but there were still things I couldn't do. Um, that, you know, I, I, the kind of thing that I wanted to do, I couldn't do. And um, I ended up, uh, we had like a downturn to the economy um, due, the, due to the dot-com crash that happened in the early 2000s. And so I basically quit horses once again. I sold my beautiful saddle. Um, I kept my other gear, but I sold my saddle because it was expensive. And to be honest, I needed the money and I stopped leasing the horse that I was leasing and I stopped thinking about buying a horse. And then fast forward 30 years where I did nothing with horses until, until 2022. And if someone said to me, you're going to get back into horses, I just would have said, I don't see how that could happen. But it did happen. Um, We ended up moving from California, where we were living, to Montana um, for a lot of reasons. And um, we bought a house. We found a house that we connected to kind of emotionally that we liked the property. Um, And it happened to have, uh, it happened to have almost five acres. And I didn't, we weren't thinking we needed that much land because we didn't really think about it. But um, when we fell in love with this property, this particular property, just because of other reasons, other things, um, about it. it, it's like there were some possibilities. Like, well, what would we do with this much land? We never had more than half an acre, so we didn't really know. Um, and 
what happened is while we were waiting for the house to close, there was a person, um, the mortgage broker for our house, um, she contacted me to say congratulations about getting, you know, final, I don't know, approval or whatever it was. I forget what it was. Like our loan, you know, official approval. And it turns out there was a um, hunter, kind of a hunter equitation barn, um, hunter jumper barn in Montana, just a couple of minutes away that uh, was literally five minutes away. And I suddenly realized I wanted to just take a riding lesson and just see how I felt, you know, just one, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, here I am now. Um, I have spent the, uh, a good part of our first portion of time in our house. Um, I bought a a horse, um, uh, an off track thoroughbred relatively young. He's now seven. I bought him when he was six. And now I have two horses because I had to get him a buddy. We had nothing set up on this property. So we went through um, setting up this property to accommodate horses. And I now have two horses living on my property. I have not ridden anywhere near as much as what I thought it would. Um, And yet my relationship and by dynamic with my horses or with horses has kind of like been renewed, rejuvenated. Um, again, once again, you know, after 30 years away, um, I have a, a creakier body, an older body, a body that is not as fit as I was the last time I rode. Um, And yet, my spirit connection to the horses is still there, is still the same. And I've lived a lot of life in between when I last rode and, you know, restarting. I've asked myself a lot of questions. I've um, had both of my parents, you know, die. Um, One, first my dad and then my mom. Um, I've gone through a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff, inner stuff, family stuff, health stuff, um, financial stuff, career stuff, um, all kinds of things that have really taught me a lot of things about myself. I've really asked myself a lot of deep questions, spiritual questions, and personal questions and just giving myself time to really understand things about myself. And one of the things that has come up for me is why horses? You know, why again? Why why get back into them? You know, um, what is it that I'm doing? And, and it's, it's kind of a bit of a crazy thing because originally when I got back into, you know, uh, got back into them by, by taking a lesson at this, at this place up the, up the street, it was because I enjoyed riding again. And then I couldn't ride enough at that, at that place. They didn't have any horses to lease. Um, they didn't, I couldn't take more than like 
one or two lessons a week maximum and and it was it just wasn't working for me um so I you know bought a horse and and then it's like we had all kinds of things come up with like needing to set up the property and then the horse losing a bunch of shoes and then there were some things with um an injury that he had um that made me not ride and and so many things and so I have not done as much riding as what I thought I thought I got back into horses to ride um but I also know that there was something going on with me when I quit owning horses um when I was in high school uh and and quit like kind of really being continuously serious with horses there was something that I knew had kind of gone awry with my connection with horses. It's like I'd gotten really into showing and, you know, I won a lot of ribbons and I won a lot of championships and I was really proud of the work that I did because I was, um, I was working with a green horse that um, had not done much over fences and hadn't really done any showing and we were doing really well and I was really proud of what I had done but there was also an emptiness that came to me that I couldn't kind of rectify um, with my 17 year old self I could feel there was something the spark of what had gotten me into horses that somehow had dimmed and I didn't really understand it and um and so I always kind of thought well I I quit riding because I had to financially but I think that I also quit riding in search of wanting to understand more about my connection with horses why did I have it was it just you know circumstantial was it just a phase like so many kids um and I've asked myself that question a lot too as an adult coming back you know to riding um now at the at this age uh you know 30 years after uh I last owned a horse and 20 years after I last seriously was riding and jumping what what is it it's clearly not just about riding because I haven't done that much riding Um, there's more to it and that's what I'm going to be talking about in the podcast now I sensed that this was going on and I had a lot of information kind of like almost like memories and insights and things come to me um, that helped me you know, get clarity on and memories about how I started my horse journey and what happened. And one of the things was that I realized that I really kind of tuned into my own inner knowing to connect with horses. And then that really affected my riding. And um, so when I first, I actually launched this podcast, Riding from the Inside Out, under a different, um, with that same name, but with a different subtitle. And I shared only about five or six, I think it was five or six or seven handful of episodes um, in which I talked about my early days of riding and, and um, 
you know, uh, my background with writing and, 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 and things that I was discovering with my horse, with the horse that I got, and then the second horse that I got, and then it's a long story. We actually have a, a second second horse. Um, because the first second horse that I bought as a buddy, um, we had unfortunately put him down. So, uh, but I talked about those things in, in those episodes. And then I, I, you know, and I was like, all excited about this podcast and where it was going, but something felt wrong. And I didn't know what was going on. And it was coming up on the 10 year anniversary of my mom's passing my mom dying um she died in in 2013 um after like a a year-long sickness um it was pretty challenging and um what I found was that at the five-year mark of of her dying I went through a lot of changes And this was the 10 year mark and I didn't think anything of it. Well, right after I launched the writing from the inside out podcast, um, the first one, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I suddenly felt like I had to stop everything I was doing. And so I did, I basically kind of like went into an inner shell and, um, I I didn't even try to ride. I was taking care of my horses and I really kind of, almost kind of like went into like um like a hibernation period of really beginning to to just have a lot of stuff come up around my mom have a lot of stuff come up around me and I think a lot of it was also having a lot of stuff come up for me to understand about why the heck I got back into horses um I mean, we didn't buy a horse property. We didn't intend to do this, um, but it was something that I was called to do. I was called to get this horse. I was called to set up our property. I was called to get the second horse. Like when I say called, I mean like a heart calling, like a heartstring calling. Like it doesn't make sense, but I've still got to do it no matter what kind of a thing. And it's, it's not been easy. It was not easy. And it's been challenging. So I had this time where I was like, why? What is going on? And I had a lot of time to kind of reflect on things. And one of the things that happened kind of like after feeling like, I don't know, there was a point where it felt like this period of reflection was transmuting or changing. It was almost like um, like a, a, a caterpillar going into, you know, into the cocoon state and then suddenly kind of coming out the other end. I could feel myself kind of coming out the other end um, with a lot of clarity and, um, you know, not full clarity because I'm still learning, but um, a lot more clarity than when I started. And this is where I really came to understand how much that my relationship with horses and my connection with horses and what I was able to do with horses and ponies. Cause I, I kind of like was able to take, you know, ponies and horses, um, that nobody was really doing anything with and kind of turn them into something. Um, I was able to do that and, and, 
and I realized, yes, it was tuning into my, my own inner guidance. Um, but I also came to really become aware of a very, very important thing, which is the idea that when we have this calling, a heart and soul calling, almost like inexplicable calling to horses. Um, I really believe that there is some part of our, our soul that connects with the soul and the spirit of what a horse is and what a horse represents. And what I've come to really understand is that horses are powerful. I've always felt like I've known um, I've known that there's some way in which horses are kind of a metaphor for power for me. But I didn't really understood understand kind of how that all worked. What I knew was that riding horses and getting involved in horses really saved me as a child um, in so many ways, which I will talk about, I'm sure, through this podcast. Um, I would not be the person that I am today if it wasn't for my experience with ponies and horses. I would not. I would not have done the things I've done. I would not have started the companies I've started. Um, I would not have the career I've had. I would not have the bravery I have. I would not have the life experiences I've had. Um, I would not have been able to navigate health challenges within myself and within my family, which I will talk about in this podcast. Horses helped me do that. Um, and I knew that at some level. But what I've come to understand is that it's not that the horse kind of heals us. It's not that the pony heals us. What I've come to understand is that for horse girls, for us horse girls, um, and I think i this can happen for men too, but I'm really focused on the female dynamic. I've come to see how, you know, as women, as females, as girls, many of us do not have the physical strength and or we, even even in 2023, even with what is going on with, you know, women's rights being as equal as men and all of that, there are innate historical kind of cultural beliefs and conditioning that still are kind of unspoken in our world um, about female females and what we can do. And I really believe, and I've come to see that when a horse girl has a connection with horses, a heart and soul kind of connection, like what I'm talking about, 
like where you're not doing it just to win ribbons and you're not doing it just to not to say there's anything wrong with ribbons. I loved winning ribbons, believe me, but there's something more to it. The, the foundation is the connection with the horse that when you have that kind of connection, it is our souls connecting with the soul of the horse and the soul of the horse, you know, it's interesting. They're very powerful animals and yet they're not right I mean they can embrace power and yet they're a prey animal which also means they are you know they don't have claws they're not a predator they're subject to attack so it's kind of like they have this power within them by their size and by their speed and by their agility and by their sensitivity and by their ability to be aware. And yet, they're not a predator. And they, it's like they have a different um, dynamic with power. And I really believe that that dynamic is what speaks to us horse girls, or at least it's certainly what has spoken to me and what I've seen with other horse girls too. And it may be the case for you as well. If you don't resonate with this, no problem. There's all different ways of looking at the world. But I've found that understanding this is really helping me in my life and my relationship with my horses. And so that's what I'm talking about in this podcast, that we as horse girls in connecting and feeling this heart and soul-based connection with horses, we are connecting with this force, this soul, this spirit of the horse. And they all have different personalities and they all have different um, ways of, of being. Some are more docile, some are more bullying, some are more, you know, marish or whatever um, and they run the gamut just like people but what I find is that when we have this kind of a heart connection um, it is our soul it is our heart calling us to this connection because it is an opportunity a calling of us within ourselves to empower ourselves. And this is what I mean about the horse doesn't heal us. The horse doesn't fix us. The horse doesn't power us. What I've come to understand is that by being drawn to this animal that is powerful, and yet in some ways, not helpless, but, you know, subject to being a, a, you know, a prey animal. It gives us, horse girls, the opportunity for us to empower ourselves. Empower ourselves. The power doesn't come from outside and it gets given to us. It is the opportunities that present themselves 
that give us the opportunity for us to empower ourselves. The horse gives us the opportunity to empower ourselves. The horse is kind of like an inspiration and, um, and an opportunity. And what gives us the courage to do the empowering of ourselves, to face our fears, to you know, go where maybe other people aren't going to, um, to do hard things, to find strength within ourselves, to, to, to maybe walk a solo path, to, um, to do things uniquely, to face, you know, face our fears, to, to, to do all of that comes because of the draw of this heart-based, soul-based connection with these animals. This is what I have found. What I have found is that I can I can be in a relationship with a horse and I cannot empower myself. I can just have a situation in which what is is and I am not changed. But my heart, my soul is what has drawn me to the horses to want that connection, to want more, to want whatever that is. It's something within me. And that gives me the intrinsic kind of motivation to choose to empower myself, to choose to walk a harder path, to choose to find strength in myself, to choose to do things even when they're scary, to choose to do things even if it's by myself and alone or or whatever. And this is what has changed my life. This, that empowerment then is something that then affects the rest of my life. This is hard to explain and it's something that I'm going to be talking all about in this podcast. I went in my time away from riding, in my time away from horses. Anytime I would encounter someone who had like a, you know, other parents, I'm a parent, I'm a parent of teenagers. Uh, they're now teenager, teenage boys. I always thought I would have um, horse girl daughters. <laughs> and instead I have boys and they seem to have no interest in horses right now. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll start riding at some point, but it's not what I thought I would. I thought I would have like the horse show girls and I would be a horse show mom. That's what I always thought. Um, but here I am, a mom of teenagers. And um, any time that I would run across parents who had kids, often little girls, um, that were interested in horses at this kind of soul-based level, even if the parents didn't have a lot of financial resources, I would say, do it, do it, do it. It is so much more than what you think it is. It is, it will change the kid's life. Now, does it always change the kid's life? Again, it, it, it's it's the opportunity that presents itself. If you get everything just kind of handed to you and 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 whatever, and you're not um, asking yourself questions, 
in empowering yourself, choosing to empower yourself in your relationship with your horse, you're not going to get that benefit. But when you really want this dynamic with this horse, and it's really important to you as a horse girl, it causes you to embrace your own fears, embrace your own, develop a sense of yourself, to listen to yourself, to empower yourself. And this is what I'm talking about. And that empowerment that I had as a kid, that is what caused me to be able to um, start companies. It's what caused me to be able to, um, uh, I worked full-time through college to be able to get through that. Um, it caused me to be able to, with like no money, be able to uh, be brave enough to go on a trip to Europe after college um, and even live in Rome, Italy uh, by myself for a while. It caused me to be able to move from Pennsylvania after college to the San Francisco Bay Area with almost no money um, and an old car and no job and not a single friend um, and not a single connection uh, where I was moving to and to just do it. It caused me to have the bravery to start an internet startup company in the first dot-com days and be a Silicon Valley female CEO at a time when that was not common and to stand up in front of a room of men and pitch my company with passion, even though I was shaking in my shoes, and close money from professional investors and run that company and have, you know, a board of directors and a board of advisors, people that were way older than me and do things that just are not that common to do. Um, and it's caused me to have the power to start many other companies since then. Um, it caused me to do all kinds of things in my life. It came from the empowerment that I chose to do as a result of this horse-based connection or this connection, this heart and soul-based connection, I should say, with horses. Those horses gave me the opportunity to empower myself. But again, it was an opportunity. It wasn't guaranteed. And this is something that I had to really kind of also understand because you can be, um, you can be, you can be in horses and you can, um, you cannot empower yourself. You can, uh, just kind of continue doing what you're doing and feel disempowered, um, I had that experience as well. The very first pony that I had the opportunity to get. Um, and I was so excited, so excited to finally have my own pony. And um, I was scared of her. She was, uh, she was like, 
she was not very trained. Um, and she was, well, she was a mare. Um, and she was kind of a bully and she was, um, she would just, she terrified me and I had to get rid of her. Um, I had to not get rid of her, but we sold her to a nice family that was, um, a better fit for her. Um, but she did not empower me. Um, I had the opportunity to empower myself with her, but I didn't know back then about how I could empower myself with my relationship with her. I didn't understand that. I didn't know that. But what happened is after that, I was ponyless and I was pony and horse crazy and it was killing me killing me because we had scraped I had you know saved money and my parents had scraped together money to buy this pony for me when I was a kid and then it did not work um and so I had this this you know thirst for ponies and horses and riding and being around them and I I did I couldn't have one my sister had a horse and that was cool to be around um that she had she had bought with her own money but that was you know that was her horse and I wasn't I didn't have one and what ended up happening is I ended up um I ended up learning how to empower myself I ended up having this draw of wanting a relationship with a pony and a horse so much that there was this pony at the barn where my sister was boarding her horse. Um, she had just moved to this place and um, it's where I had my pony that I had sold and then I, I was ponyless and there was this other pony who was just as naughty as the pony that I had bought. Um, actually, maybe worse in some ways. The pony um, would rear up um, the pony was barn sour and would like try to scrape me off the fence and I'd get out of the, um, the main paddock area and he'd grab the bit in his mouth and turn around and run back in, um, into the paddock. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that that pony did, but the draw of wanting so much the connection with the horses and the ponies in my life caused me to empower myself, which then meant that I changed my dynamic with the second pony. And that second pony went from that rearing up barn sour bucking little pony to this little star pony that I rode in 4-H and I did all these trail rides and gaming classes and you know I did fun kind of stuff back then at that age um fun shows and stuff like that and he was a star and people couldn't believe where did he come from where did this pony come from he he wasn't this bedraggled little horrible little spirited pony that he had been that I found in the barn that I convinced somebody to let me ride um there was a a woman that owned him she didn't do anything with him and and I basically um quote unquote uh rented him which you would now you would call a lease but back then um we didn't call it that. We just basically, I paid the, the pasture board for him and she was letting me ride him. Um, and she never really came around at all. So it was kind of like I could do anything I wanted with him, but I had to 
I had to empower myself. He was an opportunity for me to empower myself from within. That's what I mean by riding from the inside out. And it's not just about riding. Um, if you're a non-rider, hey, no problem. I'm a non-rider right now too. I'm not even riding. Um, it's about your dynamic with the horses. But it is about it coming from the inside, an inner job, out. Because what I find is that when we allow ourselves to, through our heart-based and soul-based draw with these animals, we allow ourselves and we show ourselves how we can empower ourselves, the outcome of our life changes we're able to do things in our life that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do all areas of our lives. Um, our friendships, our view of ourselves, all kinds of things that we want to do. Um, if we're an adult, you know, our work, our careers, like I was saying, all the things that I've, I've done um, career-wise, I don't credit my, you know, liberal arts college education with any of it. I credit horses. I credit the empowerment that I did with ponies and horses because that is what taught me to empower myself. That is what taught me to be able to make changes in my life and be able to um, do things in my life that really gave me a lot of fulfillment that might have, you know, also really scared me at first and, and been really hard seemingly hard to do. The courage came from the empowerment of the horses and my dynamic with them. But it also changed my relationship with the horses. After I had that paint pony and I empowered myself from within to work with him in ways that I hadn't quite been ready to with my other pony because um, I hadn't gotten to that place within myself of really needing to or understanding that I needed to. Had, once I worked with him and once I empowered myself, what do I have now? I had a different pony. I had a pony that listened to me. I had a pony that I had fun with. I had a pony that people were like, where did this pony come from? I had a pony that loved me and I loved him and and we had a partnership and then those skills I carried on to work with other horses and ponies and be able to take lots of ponies and horses that nobody really did anything with and turn them into something you know work with young horses um, work with green horses work with um horses, you know, that are challenging and be able to understand how to connect with them and how to improve the outcome of, you know, the outcome, meaning the relationship then that I have with them 
the way that they are with me, the um, goals that we have maybe in, in our riding, whether it's just, you know, riding at home um, or riding out on the trail or whether it was in an A-rated hunter show ring. Um, it all is connected, but it comes from this place of self-empowerment. And the self-empowerment, I believe, comes from when we have this heart and soul-based connection to horses as horse girls. And when I say horse girl, I don't mean little girl. I mean any age. When you're a horse girl, you could be a horse girl at age two or five or 30 or 50 or 99 or beyond. It is in you. It may go to sleep for a while. You may put it off for a while. You may not be, you know, feeling like it's something you can do in your life, but you always feel that connection if you're a horse girl. I always felt the connection. I always knew there was something about horses that wasn't just a, a kid temporary transition like, you know, some kids go through. It wasn't that for me. Um, so this is what I'm going to be talking about in this podcast. I'm going to be talking about what I've learned and what I continue to learn with my current horses. I have two different very personality horses. Both are thoroughbreds. One's young, one's older. Um, totally different dynamics. And there are things that I've learned about both horses um, that have empowered me in all areas of my life. Not just in my relationship with them, but it's definitely affected my relationship with them. But my relationship with myself, my relationship with who I am, my belief in myself, my ability to feel like I can navigate the waters of my life in all areas. And that includes whatever I'm doing with my horses, both horses with different personalities. And this is what I'm going to be talking about. And it's not something that I'm going to be able to share in just one episode. I'm going to be talking about it over many episodes. And I'm going to be sharing what I have come to understand and what I'm continuing to learn through my day-to-day interactions with my horses about how this works, about how this has worked and how this is continuing to work and how it could work for you. Whether you want to do better and have more connection because you're you're showing and you're really into that or you're a non-rider and you have a horse on your property that you just feel a connection to and you want to understand it more, you know, or you're a kid, it does not matter. Horse girls, horse girls are horse girls are horse girls. It's in our blood. It's in our hearts. It's in our souls. It's in our bones. 
And so that's what I'm going to be talking about in this podcast. I'm also from time to time going to have other people on the show as well and talk to them about their journeys, um, their journeys of finding their own ways in which they have empowered themselves through their journey as a horse girl, through this heart and innate heart and soul connection that they have with horses. So I look forward to beginning this discussion and I look forward to connecting with you, fellow horse girl, because if you're listening to this, if this has drawn you first, drawn you to it for some reason, I know at some level, regardless of whether we live in different parts of the world or parts of the country or we do for different disciplines or, or um, you know, we have different views on horsemanship. If you are a horse girl, you know what I'm talking about. And we are kindred spirits. at that level so join me as we go on this journey of empowering our horse girl selves from the inside out I'm so glad you tuned into today's episode of the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. If you're enjoying this show, hit the subscribe button, share this episode with others, and leave me a rating and review in iTunes. To connect with me, visit me on Facebook and Instagram at the Riding from the Inside Out podcast, where I share related content and support on how we can empower ourselves as horse girls from the inside out. And finally, to learn more about me and my other offerings, visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com.